You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Also, give the podcast a follow as well. That is at Locked On Cubs. How are we feeling? Because I'm... I'll. I'll be straight up honest with you, my fellow Cubs fans. It is, it has been rough. It has been very rough these last five days or so. I mean, you lose, obviously we wanted to at least split the series with LA, lose three out of four, that hurts. But uh, these two games against Milwaukee have been particularly painful. I'll be talking about that recapping Tuesday night's loss against the Milwaukee Brewers, in which the Cubs fell by a score of two to one. I'll also be talking about what I just kind of mentioned, this brutal feeling we're feeling as Cubs fans right now. So many question marks, so much mystery in the air of what our beloved Cubs are going to be doing over these next few weeks, what they could possibly do to uh, change their fate, so to speak. And I'm going to talk about the front office as a whole over these last few seasons. On the previous podcast, I kind of mentioned in regards to the Schwarber non-tender, and, and by the way, he hit another home run since I last spoke to you. That is 25 home runs now he has on the season. I believe that now puts him tied for, with Fernando Tatis Jr. for the National League lead in home runs. I got into a little spat on Twitter with someone who was talking about Cubs first-round draft picks, and he called Schwarber a bust, and I said, I don't know how he's a bust at all, actually. That makes little to no sense. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit later, but all, all I said was Schwarber's going to hit 40. He goes, no, he's not. And I go, have you not been paying attention, my man? <laughs> Just hit his 25th, and we're not even at the All-Star break. Unless he gets injured, he's, hit, he's hitting 40. I'm, I'm rooting for 50, quite frankly. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room, everyone. Spotify Green Room. Uh, download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our lockdown rooms. Basically, locker room, which you guys have heard me advertise, was bought by Spotify and is now called Spotify Green Room. Pretty sweet. Same deal. Go on there, mingle with other fans, talk to Lockdown House. It's a lot of fun. All right. So the Cubs lost by a score of two to one Tuesday evening at Wrigley North. And, uh, you know, there was a little glimmer of hope there. I, I had tweeted from the Lockdown Cubs Twitter account Javi, please, I'm begging you, stop trying to pull everything. His first hit bet, he struck out just swinging at everything and, and just whiff city, right? Just tons of whiffs. And then his second plate appearance, he was, he had a couple, he had one ball that went foul that he kind of got lucky though. Cause well, it would have been an infield single, the third baseman, let it go foul. And then we got lucky actually, cause if you were to feel there, it's just a single and who knows how the inning goes. But I remember saying like, stop trying to pull it. He's taking outside pitches. This is what a lot of hitters do when they're struggling. They take this outside breaking ball or the fastball away or whatever. They think in order for them to get going again, they have to start blasting the ball. And instead, they turn their wrist over too soon in their swing, and then they just weakly hit ground balls that you could tell they're just trying to their hardest to yank. And it's it's pathetic. It really is. And I wonder, I often wonder, and I, I need to ask someone, you know, I've not, not to brag everyone, but I've met enough contacts and made enough contacts where I should just pick the brain of a major league baseball player 
usually when I've met a few, it's you talk about fun stuff. Or you, you don't you don't try to fanboy it up too much. You know, you, you bring up other things, other interests. It's not all about baseball. But next time I come across a major league baseball player, current or former, I'm going to ask them, how often do you get or do you receive in-game instruction? Now, we all know it's not like Little League where the, the, the manager is shouting out in between pitches, come on now, like... And that would be ridiculous. They're major league hitters. You need to trust them. But I do wonder if a player like a Javi has back-to-back plate appearances in which it's clear he's trying to pull every pitch, regardless of location, do they pull him aside and say, hey, you're pulling everything. Relax. Go with the pitch. The other team knows you're trying to pull everything. That's why they're throwing you junk away. They want you to hit a weak ground ball back to the pitcher or to the left side of the infield. Stay back in your stance a little bit and hit the ball the other way with some pop. Do they do that? Because I feel like that's good instruction. You know, obviously, this isn't, like I said before, it's not Little League. You're not saying, don't swing at the high ones, Timmy. You're not doing that. But in the same regard, I think a little in-game instruction like that could be helpful. I'm going to have to find out. I got to pick someone's brain. I'll have them on as a guest. Maybe we could get some questions coming from the fans as well, everyone listening, and you could help me out. Some of those things that you've been wondering your whole life if they do or don't do. So Javi does this, though. It's a great timing. Right after I tweeted, please stop it. He goes with the pitch. It was a weak little breaking ball on the right side. And again, I'm not impressed with Brandon Woodruff's secondary pitches. His game is kind of like Walker Bueller's. 97-98 with the fastball with wonderful accuracy. He's got great command. But when I see him striking out a guy in a curveball, it's usually a, a player who just took a bad swing at a, it wasn't like, you know, like when we used to watch Kerry Wood throw a curveball and you were like, wow, that thing was nasty. You see the break on that? I don't see that with Woodruff. And Javi took that pitch, hit it down the right field line, hustled out of the box, love to see it, slides in with the triple. Great. Next batter, Ian Happ. I don't know what to do with Ian Happ right now. Ian Happ, quite frankly, it's so painful to say because he's such an awesome human being and is a guy that you know is trying his best to turn things around. But right now, it's just not happening. And the Cubs are so thin due to injuries that you almost are like, I'd rather see him out there than Eric Sogard. Because like yesterday, when Ian Happ hit a two-run homer, he could run into one occasionally. But right now, he is, it just seems so lost to play. The plate appearance after Javi's triple, he swings it. It wasn't a good swing either and hits a chopper right back to the mound. Javi can't advance. And I'm thinking, right, okay, that's the first out. But still, like, I for one time would love it if the Cubs had a runner on third base, whether it's with zero outs or one out, and they just drove him in immediately. It's so often we get a guy in third, but nobody out or one out, and it comes down to a, sec- a two-out miracle hit where I'm like, just be the, the next hitter up. Do your job. Do your job. Stop going up there all in your head like, I just need to drive a ball in the air so they start swinging at everything. It's be a professional hitter. It, it should be that if, like they know you're leaping out of your cleats at the opportunity for an RBI, so don't expect a fastball right down the middle, and yet they always have that fastball right down the middle swing. That's, again, where I really quite, I love what they've done in the pitching side of things. The pitching development has been killer on the bullpen level. Starters are going to come up soon, too. I feel like, you know, there's a little bit of ways away on some starters. I still love Adbert's game. He's got ace potential stuff. 
But I'm saying as far as like ready now, there's a lot of bullpen arms ready now. That pitching lab, I have full confidence in. Hitting side of things, there's a lot to be desired. I don't know where it went wrong. I don't know who was trusted that shouldn't have been trusted, but something needs to change. I believe at that. And I know some people are like, oh, well, they just can't keep firing hitting coaches every year. Why not? Why can't they keep firing hitting coaches every year? Your job is to get them to hit better. They didn't hit better. Bye. Who's next? <laughs> I know that seems harsh, but then again, and of course, I don't think that's the way it should be. Obviously, sometimes you need to look at the process more than the results because there's been plenty of times where hitters are doing really well, but they're not getting the results. David Bodie this season, I remember had a stretch where people were like, man, he's hitting 185. And I go, yeah, but he's feels like every out's a line drive rocket right at somebody. Just give him a chance. He started to break out, mess up his hamstring, and who knows when, or no, his shoulder, I should say, with David Bodie. So who knows when he'll be back? Why even rush him back, really? Um, now we could use the help, of course. I'm not losing the faith, Cubs fans. I don't want you to think that, but it's been a frustrating couple of losses. It's been very, because this was a big series going in. I kept, I tried to keep my head up after that shellacking they took. On Monday night, where it was 4-4 going in the eighth and then 10 runs score. And I said two out of three, just went two out of three. And you get the pitching. Zach Davies, you know, was a little wild, walked a lot of guys, but didn't give in to anyone. Which, like I mentioned after the, the recap uh, podcast, after the no combined no-hitter, I said it's okay to walk some guys when you're not giving in. I'm, I'm okay. I read rather that. Obviously, you don't want the walks to pile up. You don't want leadoff walks. It, it all depends on circumstance, of course not saying I'm like pro walk, but if it leads to putting up zeros, no runs scored, I'm fine with that. But of course he gave up two runs and only four innings. The pitch count did get high. You'd rather have seen him go deeper. The bullpen back to being shut down. They, they did their job the rest of the way. So, you know, but it's Patrick wisdom then delivered. I got a little side trick with Ian Happ because I am disappointed in Ian Happ. I don't know what could be done right now. I almost, I think he needs to, I say that, but then it's like he had a home run Monday. So isn't he close? Isn't he close? Sorry, this is going to be a therapy session, Cubs fans. This might be a a, a therapy session. Patrick Wisdom did hit a double. He got hit by a pitch uh, and doubled in Javi. And he's been, he needs to be in the lineup every single day. Every single day until, unless he, until he goes, oh, for a week. I really mean that. And until he really has a legit bad week, it feels like he was playing consistently. And then he sat a couple games where it was like, all right, well, yeah, he had that bad game. And so maybe you're thinking the magic's gone, but I, I want real proof because he's come back and hit a couple big ones since, you know, obviously he went on that crazy tear. We had eight home runs, then didn't do anything for a couple days, hit his ninth, nothing, 10th, then didn't do anything for a little bit, but he wasn't getting a lot of opportunity. Then hits his 11th, and then today drives in a run. He hits the ball with authority a lot, and there's a lot of matchups where I'm like, I'd rather have him up there than anyone else at this point because I really feel like his approach, even though he strikes out a lot, it's it's still a solid approach. And he's and when he's when he gets his pitch, he's not missing it. I think it was my greater overall point there. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, uh, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. 
You'll find fans just like you in Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns. If you could think of it, it's there, everybody. So go download the Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join. There's NFL, MLB, NHL, group action, all sorts of fun stuff. You want to get on it. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Cubs fans, I know I was uh, talking about how this is going to be a therapy session podcast and all that stuff. It's just, you know, if we don't uh, salvage the last game of the series tonight, uh, tonight's game or is it a day game? I don't even know. I'm recording this late on Tuesday night. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I, I six games back, six games back uh, starting and then, and then the calendar turns over, which thankfully, you know, I kept preaching, survive June, stay around 500, but now I think we'll finish three or four games below 500, and that's not what you wanted in the month of June. The June swoon, which I recall the most famous June swoon I remember. The first time I heard the term, the term, the June swoon, was in 1999. It's in eighth grade. I know, I'm old, or I'm young, depending on who's listening. So uh, it's, it's one of those things right now where it just seems like I... I you know, David Roth, that they've been playing close game. And yeah, some of the games have been close. Even the game where they got, you know, the, I mentioned 10 runs in the eighth inning, they were right there for a while. But it definitely, they seem to be playing sparkless baseball, baseball without a spark, if you will. And I, and right now, I don't understand how Jed Hoyer, and these are his decisions. And I'm about to stick up for the front office in a lot of ways, but. Right now, I have to give him a hard time because it is on the front office, the president of baseball operations, I would say GM, but the Cubs don't have a GM currently right now. Why? I don't know. The, the biblical losses from the pandemic and we lost we lost six bucks, so now we can't spend any money for three months. That, that's another thing that's just, I'm absolutely livid over that kind of stuff. You know, I read an article that was uh, Gordon Whitnemeyer uh, wrote. Whitmeyer? Whitnemeyer? Whatever, dude. Gordon. Gordo writes for NBC Sports Chicago. He interviewed Andrew Friedman from the Dodgers, and they talked about how the Dodgers were what the Cubs were, what we thought the Cubs were going to be. By the way, this same article was written uh, early in 2018 or early in 2019 about how the Astros are what the Cubs thought they were. And then we found out the Astros were cheaters, and everyone's like, oh, I guess the Cubs are still the best team. And then the Dodgers won last year in that Mickey mouse 60 game season, giving them a ring. So it's like, Oh, well now comparatively speaking, the Dodgers have definitely been better over the course of the last seven seasons than the Cubs, which is true. Once they got the ring, they'd been to more world series. So that'd be the tiebreaker next. I get it. And the Dodgers clearly are run incredibly well. Andrew Friedman is great at what he does. He is one of the best presidents of baseball operation, GM, whatever we want to call him in baseball. I just get a little annoyed when I just don't know. I know this is just the era in which we live in with how sports writers need to get people to read their columns and all that kind of stuff. And there's so much competition and there's so much content out there. I mean, I'm telling you this on a podcast, so I'm aware that and it's great. It's great that there are different voices in this arena that we call sports talk. It's wonderful because otherwise I wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to listen to me. They'd be like, who's this, some comedian? He didn't go to Syracuse. He didn't major in journalism there, right? He wasn't an intern at The Score, which I'm not I'm not saying that like that's a bad thing. The Score is a great station. I'll intern for you guys. What do you guys need? 
guys need me to get you some some Gatorades? I'll, I'll come by. There's no parking over there. But it's one of those things where I understand that these are the things. But I never heard sports fans say stuff like, well, that team has the best guy. And even though we've had a very successful run these last seven years, their run's been better. So therefore, I hate our run now. That's what it, that's what it, it, it leads to. I think fans will read these articles and be like, yeah, the Dodgers have been better than us over the last seven years. And for some reason, that makes them now less happy with the way the Cubs have been over the last seven years, which is still crazy to me. Over the last seven years, I won't count this year. This year is not even over with. Over the last six years, five postseason appearances. There was a time in any Cubs fan's life where if you would have said, hey, from 2015 to 2020, we're going to make the playoffs five of those six seasons. We would have been thrilled. Oh, also, we're going to win the World Series in 2016. 2015 to 2017, we're going to go to the NLCS every year. What happens after that? Oh, disappointment because they didn't play up to their potential, which I, I, I get. I'm not denying that. There has been incredible disappointment in not playing up to the potential. And I think there was some, what we believe, false advertising. There was waves of talent, wheelbarrows of cash. The wheelbarrows of cash and the waves of talent. There might be a second wave of talent coming, though. I remember Theo Epstein had a great expression, not expression, but statement he made somewhere in 2018, where they talked about how, oh, well, the farm system isn't quite where it should be. It seems like. You know, there's no one quite ready to make the next leap. And he basically said, yeah, because they're all in the major league roster and they're wearing rings. People forget the way the Cubs came up in 2016. I think even the front office under Theo and Jed thought maybe 2017 would be the year. But the way they all came up and produced right away like that, that doesn't happen. You know, development isn't always linear like that. Sometimes you come up and you're amazing right away like we saw, and then you dip, and then you could come back up. Or you come up and you struggle right away, and then you start to figure it out, and then you figure it out, and then you're an all-star. You know, you, there's there's players who are like that, who after, you know, their first three to five seasons are kind of just a little mediocre. They show some flash here there. And then season six, they take off. It, ha- it happens a lot, actually. But I feel like everyone just uses the examples that are constantly right in front of them that they forget that there are late bloomers. There are people who start off incredible and then have to go back down to the minors and come back up. Mickey Mantle had to get sent back down to the minors. Like it's not unheard of. But my point is, Brian came up and was rookie of the year. Addison Russell came up and wasn't a power hitter, but was an amazing defender and then seemed to find a way to be clutch. And so the bat, you saw glimpses of that bat and then he turned out to be a horrible human being. And he's now playing, I believe in the Mexican league. He'll probably never play in major league baseball again. I I just don't see it happening. Javi Baez had a little bit of struggle, but then showed amazing. You know, he really came alive when it mattered most. Wilson Contreras had a home run on the first pitch he saw. Who else am I missing here? Kyle Schwarber was an absolute beast in 2015 and in the 2015 playoffs. World Series hero 2016 coming back from the injury, of course. And then Rizzo was blossoming into what we look like it would be a perennial MVP candidate. He finished top five in MVP voting in 2015 and 2016. He had a really good 2017. His offensive production has been great through 2019. 2020, a dip, pandemic year, but he started showing signs of hitting the ball with authority. And then, you know, pandemic year, 60-game season. This year, he's been up and down a little bit. The back, which was always, a, I thought, an overrated issue, his back problems now looks like it could be a real issue. But also, we forget the headspace that some of these guys might be in. 
A lot of fans point to contract years. He's playing great because he's in a contract year. So those years, again, this is a media thing, and I get it. Those years always get amplified. They go, he's playing great. He's in a contract year. But you know what? There's a lot of players that don't play great in contract years. And it really depends the circumstance. Sometimes they feel slighted. I think put yourself in Anthony Rizzo's shoes. You have done everything an organization can possibly want out of one of its players and more. He has done everything and more been a perfect citizen role model ambassador for the Cubs brand and everything off the field. We know this has been dynamite on the field, several time all-star gold glove, platinum glove, World Series champion, Silver Slugger Award. Again, top five MVP finishes twice. Took a team-friendly contract early on. And here we are going into his final season. And the initial reports, although everyone will say, hey, he's playing into that four-year, $65 million contract that was originally floated. Heck, they might be able to get him for three forty-five the way he's playing. Again, though, that's after the fact. When the initial reports were said about here's what the Cubs have offered Anthony Rizzo in contract extensions, 99% of people were like, that's a slap in the face because he's making $16 million this year. You want him to extend for less money? You want him to take a pay cut to stay for another four or five seasons? That seems ridiculous. He even got the game-winning ball, Game 7, historic ball that he probably could have kept in his own pocket and given to his kids, sold one day, donated the money to charity, which he probably would have done because he's that kind of guy. He's an angel. Gives it to the owner. Again, it's done everything right, everything you've ever wanted in spring training. Hey, I'm Anthony Rizzo, basically the captain of this team. I want to be in Chicago long-term. I love the Cubs. I love the fans. I love this organization. Let's work out a deal. Here's some scraps. Here's less of what you think you're worth. What a slap to the face. How jacked up are you going to be then? I know there are professional athletes and they're competitive and that nature is always going to be there, but I don't know. I don't know. At the same time, I could definitely see, you know, these bad stretches and, and seeing some fan reaction on Twitter, which again, I try not to read too much into because Twitter is a minority of fans. The fans at Wrigley always dynamite, love them. They're into it. They're into the game. They're, they know when to rise to the big moment. Fantastic group of people. Fans on Twitter, I don't know if it's like being inside and you're watching the game and whatever it is, but there used to be a time when Cubs fans would lift each other up. I came across a clip of David Letterman. Uh, it was Bill Murray on David Letterman. I miss Letterman. And Bill Murray was talking about how he didn't like the fact that Cubs fans were starting to boo. Now, this was like in 2007 season, 2008, I want to say this time around that era. He was on and he said, Cubs fans are booing now. Then he goes, They never, we never used to boo. We never boo our own. And it's it's a little alarming to see. And I remember thinking the same thing. And again, I don't you don't want to tell everyone how to be a fan, but I, I could say what I miss. And I kind of miss the days of honestly, there's a there's right to be angry, but we're all watching the same thing and we're making each other miserable. We're making it worse. There's no need to do that. Uh I'll I'll I'm gonna break down. So I gave the front office some guff there because I think, I don't know how, well, I didn't even make the statement, everyone. I don't know how they haven't brought up someone from AAA right now. D, D Strange Gordon, aka used to be D Gordon, leadoff hitter, second baseman. He, from what last time I checked, is playing very well down there. 
bring him up. Have him play second base. Eric Sogard is not a good baseball player. He's bad. He's not giving you anything. So why not try someone? Bring someone up. Do something to spark. And that's why part of me is thinking that maybe Jed Hoyer knows, oh, I'm not going to be able to spend anyway. I don't know. It's just a sinking feeling. And I think that's why there is anger and frustration. I just think we need we don't need to do it to each other, Cubs fans. This this notion of, oh, the, the whole last six years were a waste because it didn't end the way we wanted it to or we didn't win more than one. What if we would have won back-to-back in 2016 and 2017 and then missed the playoffs in 18, 19, 20, 21? Would that have been great? Because we won two then, I guess. I guess it would have been good. But no, you would have been angry anyway. It's a good thing. The bar has been raised to the point where we expect winning consistently, and I love that. So I can't I can't be too upset about that, actually, Cubs fans. I really can't. Built Bar. Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has over nine delicious flavors? It is fantastic. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. That's my one. Love that one. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Caramel, caramel. I don't care what you call it. Whoever you want to call it. Not only that, but Built Bar is the best tasting and it's the healthiest. Again, there's so many like nutrition bars, energy bars, whatever you want to call them, that try to tell you, oh, we're the best. don't listen to them. It's Built Bar all the way. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. And here's, here's my favorite one. Four grams of sugar. Four grams. All these other ones, you know they're loaded with them. That's where they get you. They try to tell you about the protein, but they don't tell you that they're giving you all that sugar. And that's going to slow you down too because you're going to crash at the end of the day. So here's what you want to do. You want to order today, everybody. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, info, all your sporting needs MLB, NBA, NHL, and that's right, UFC, MMA. Big fight coming up McGregor versus Poirier. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Head to the website and and sign up today, like right now, sign up and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. All right, Cubs fans. I did talk about the front office and how I think it's ridiculous that they have not brought up anyone right now to try to create some sort of spark to do something, right? So I need to then also tell you about how I still have faith in Jed Hoyer. Jed Hoyer was right there alongside Theo Epstein. They were, they were both, they were together. They were a duo, essentially. You know, Theo had the higher title and more say, of course, and I'm sure they disagreed, which is a good thing. You want people, you know, through disagreement, you come to better solutions oftentimes. I know that this front office behind Jed Hoyer, they know how to identify talent. I think the fear... And rightfully so, because we haven't seen any major acquisitions after the 2018 season. So going into the 2019, nothing. Going into 2019, going into 2020, I should say, nada. Going into 2021, Jock Peterson and Jake Arietta, those aren't major. They're both less than 10 million annually. So again, and we dumped Darvish. No major free agent acquisitions in the last three off seasons while you still had the corn place. While the ownership foolishly said biblical losses and we have no money and we went 100% over our renovation budget. Oh, but that doesn't affect the baseball side of things. No, those are totally coincidence. 
coincidence that we spent more money on bricks than we realized. And all of a sudden we can't afford a bullpen arm or we can't afford uh, a, a outfielder named Nick Castellanos, who was unreal when we picked him up in 2019 and has been great for the Reds since then. Looking like an MVP. Might, might flirt with the triple crown. Guy hits. 340 average. I mean, home runs he's not going to even come close to. But home run, but batting average, he's going to win a batting title, it looks like. And we know what he brings to the locker room. We love his attitude. And he wanted to be here. He wanted to be here. They're like Kyle Schwarber walk, even though they could have re-signed him for one year, $8 million. Guy's got going to hit 50 home runs this season. Darvish is a perennial Cy Young candidate now. I know he had that first terrible 2018 start with us, but we helped him get back into form, and he's been great. I mentioned these players' names as proof that Judd Hoyer knows how to identify talent, like Theo Epstein before him. Now, is there going to be some bad free agent signings here or there? Sure. Tyler Chatwood didn't work out. Every team has a few bad free agent signings here or there where you're just like, that guy's not very good. The Dodgers gave AJ, AJ Pollock a bunch of money. He hasn't lived up to a dollar of that contract. He's been solid. Obviously, he's lived up to a dollar of it, but you know what I'm saying. He hasn't, been, he hasn't met expectations. Every team will have that. Free agency is tougher. But the point is, overall, they identify talent well. So I believe they'll know how to, re, how to reconfigure. I don't want to say the word rebuild, but reconfigure this team if need be. And that might mean keeping a couple of the players currently and getting rid of some other players and and moving some parts around and all that kind of stuff. I have faith that they're going to do that. But right now, I don't, I, how could you have faith in ownership? They haven't showed us anything. I need them to say it. I want them to say out loud. Yes, we are going to be major spenders because we are the Chicago Cubs. And the NL Central will once again run through this city through this team. We didn't spend all this money on all these attractions outside the ballpark to put a mediocre product inside the ballpark. I would love for them to say that. I would love for him to remind us, hey, I'm Tom Ricketts. I met my wife in the bleachers. I was a Cubs fan before I was an owner. And I, yes, I care about winning. Okay? And I apologize for these last few seasons. So There's some mismanagement happening. And yeah, I failed as an owner and we should have spent more and we made some mistakes in the and yeah, I'm not saying Theo and Jed didn't make mistakes. They did too. But I think there was definitely something leading up to that. Because if you're told, hey, no more spending after 2018, you probably don't sign Tyler Chatwood. You might have still signed Morrow and Darvish, because Darvish ended up being a steal of a deal, even though he didn't show up initially. That happens with some of Theo's moves. They might they don't have a good first year, so everyone freaks out, but then afterwards they settle down. So we need reassurances. I am I am hoping the Cubs salvage this last game. Win right now. Then they'll they'll be what five games back or four games back, I'm sorry, if they win tonight. That is not an insurmountable thing. Yesterday was the anniversary of 2007 when Anthony, not Anthony, what am I saying? When Aramis Ramirez hit a walk-off home run against the Brewers to cap a 5-4 comeback. One of Len Casper's best calls. Cobbs win. His voice is cracking as Ramirez sent a 2-1 slider into the left field, left center field stands. Everyone went insane. They won that game. That brought them within six. Cubs won the division that year. So again, you know, it, you're not out of it because you're four or five games back on July 1st. You're out of it if you trade a lot of your best players. That's a mistake. So again, I just, I hate to harp on this, but Cubs fans, let's... One way or another, we'll find out soon if we're buyers or sellers. And if we are 
sellers, let's still look back on these last six, seven years as, as a success. Cause it has been, it 100% has been a success just because it wasn't as good as you thought. Doesn't mean it still wasn't great. All right. I love you guys. Thanks for listening to the lockdown Cubs podcast. And as- check out lockdown today, everybody get all your sports news. You need in under 20 minutes with the lockdown today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.